0: Um, so, so Syn Global has been an idea that, uh, it started off, um, a couple of years ago, uh, but it's evolved for the past 10 years, really. When I started in the industry, I was working at, uh, my dad's business, Berg Translations. And one of the first things I wanted to do was try to automate everything.
1: And, uh, and you start, let me, let me just interrupt because I did this yesterday and sorry guys for no sound on mine. you can hear Angelo, you can hear me. We're good, right? Let me know in chat if we're, if the sound is no bueno. I'm not going to make you suffer through the introduction again. I'll, I'll turn it back over to Angelo. <laughs> all um, right. Is there sound good. now? There's sound? Waiting for the comments. All right. I think there's sound. Yes, there's sound. My sound bar all says right. yes. So anyways, all right. let me just do a because I can, I can cut all of this. I can cut all of this. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Welcome to Nimsy Live, everybody. We are doing a hard reset because uh, the we had a little technical difficulties, which I will blame on my producer, me. And we're going to do a little hard reset here. I'm not going to make you sit through the whole introduction, but we are with Angela Pasolacqua and Brian Monpetit, who (laughs) authored an article recently in Multilingual Magazine in the May issue. Get your copy. uh, You can get your copy at multilingual.com forward slash subscribe if you're not a subscriber. If you are a subscriber, then you should have it pretty soon here in your mailbox. Angelo and Brian are industry veterans. They've been around for a long time, their most recent venture is a company called zin global which i've talked with uh angelo before about but it's been a while mm-hmm. since we've been able to catch up so i'm looking forward to hearing from them about the exciting stuff that's happening at zin global as well as discussing their article from multilingual magazine about chatbots and chat gpt all right take two angelo <laughs> what did i forget
0: nothing nothing anything you nailed it um uh, basically, Zen Global started as an idea a couple of years ago. After living 10 years or so in the industry, not being able to figure out, well, learning basically that there isn't a technology that uh, works properly. Like you, you have to you have to use glue and duct tape uh, to try to get your your, your platforms to, to work together. And after talking to every single salesperson of every single language platform industry i realized okay obviously there's an opportunity here and and there's a massive gap so uh long story short i uh uh talked to brian and i was like how do we do this you, you uh, found your first victim you, you had just, the ideas like right. renato ideas. found
1: his first victim years ago when we started nimzi insights <laughs> <laughs> right right
0: but like but brian is like like the most capable person he is specialized in both digital marketing and sales and also in like building tech um so uh uh thankfully it just required the two of us to like glue something together and and uh and 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 uh and and, uh, and, and go out with it but but since then uh chat gpt came out and uh that was amazing
1: changed everything and,
0: yeah, if you haven't tried it, if you're one of the 85 or whatever percent of people that haven't actually used ChatGPT yet, go to OpenAI, check out the website, uh, and you'll learn that um, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot is about to change, including the language industry, oh, but it's always changing. Um, so ChatGPT came out, and uh, we are just like, oh, we got to figure out how to put this into our, because we were building a CRM at the time, um, and uh, we still are, but the we're tra- how do we fit the <laughs> chat bot into our crm okay and uh, a few months go by and, and brian's doing all the technical research and a few months go by and we're like no one's done like the more basic thing like just save the prompts that we're using yes. so that we can rerun them you know run a prompt on 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 a document, you know, upload a document, run the prompt, have a translation. Everyone was, in a, in a way, doing something similar to us. They're trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. stuff the latest technology into their 10-year-old technology and get it to work.
1: Well, and, in and, a way, folks like you that are just coming out with new technology kind of have an mm-hmm. advantage over advantage. the dinosaurs, yeah. right? Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to plug new stuff into an old system than to develop around yep. it right? Right. That That is what we're
2: saying. Yeah.
0: The literal, the literal, the literal difference fundamentally, like we're, we're a genuine literal AI first, uh, technology platform because we're building right on top of chat GPT. Everybody else is trying to stuff Mm -hmm. it into their, into their UI and, and, and their stuff. And, and so anyway, we saw this and we're just like, okay, no Mm -hmm. one is even doing the more basic stuff. And so Brian, I was like, well, we need a project for you to stick all of your research around and so brian in his ability threw together a website threw together the platform uh you know stuck in a menu upload file run prompts download boom and it was
1: that's right. it was tell, tell us, we're
0: paying we're for it now
1: um tell us your side of the story brian with yeah. two, two guys like angelo and me you're gonna have to fight for your, your yeah, space no, to talk. that's
2: fine that's fine i mean angelo when he came to me with the idea as well and he was talking about chat very sincerely i was like wait what is this thing I, I hadn't even heard about it when angelo brought it up to me um and so we we kind of dove into the research or i dove into the research because angelo was already miles ahead um and yeah it, it blew my mind about what we were capable of doing right so from, from there it was just a matter of you know discussions with angelo and then as he said kind of getting this whole proof of concept together smashing it all together and see if it could work um and yeah uploading the files getting the prompts going was uh, was pretty pretty quick um but uh, yeah a lot of uh, trial and error to get things actually working the way it should be because we realized that uh, irrespective of how consistent your prompts are the responses were not so right. we had to work around that. So that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, the main. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, uh, please go on, because I'm gonna I'm gonna segue us into something else here.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say the main thing we learned is that like, um, you know, Brian was like, "Dude, this thing outputs code," and yeah. I was like, "That's cool. I'm not a developer." And he's like, "Code means a computer <laughs> can read it and then do things." not only can it just talk to you, it can do things. You can input English and it'll then go do a thing. Yep. And, and I was like, code. well, this completely wow. changes everything. Right? Mm-hmm. right? This is not just a chat bot. This is not just where, it, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Like here, here's the thing that I think a lot of people are missing in our industry. Like yes, LLMs, ChatGPT can do translations. That is one out of like that's a
1: 99
0: million things. Yeah. That's not what it's built there. for.
1: It's, it's not, not even right. of, well, course, of course, that's right. what we it's not all even think because we're all from this industry, right? Mm-hmm. So our, our brain immediately goes to, oh, how, how well can it translate? It's like, well, it can, but that's not what it's built for. It has so many different functionalities, which you cover mm-hmm. wonderfully in, in your article. I like how your article kind of just takes us through a timeline of the perception and evolution mm-hmm. of chatbots and what do you call them, uh, digital assistants, DAs, Mm -hmm. right? And just to start with a quote here, he said, a little over a decade ago, if you would have asked the average person what a chatbot was, they might not have known. Chatbots were a cheap wine, still, and I love the wine analogies. Any any booze analogies are always welcome. Chatbots were a cheap wine, still unrefined, and the technology wasn't celebrated. And this is, you know, Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, yeah, I mean, we didn't all have – Alexa's in our house, you know, just before we came on live today, you were shouting something at Google assistant and nowadays it's become con- commonplace. So mm-hmm. I think one of my questions to both of you is how have perceptions changed over time around um, chat technology digital assistants mm-hmm. and more importantly, or more interestingly, I should say, now that now with the rise of large language models and um, generative AI and all of this stuff, and we're starting to see this exponential curve go up, how do you expect t- perceptions to be changing in the future?
0: Yeah, the, the main thing to, know, to, to recognize is I was, I was reading a couple of articles, like sometime maybe this week or last week, that um, most people, like only 20% or less than 20%, yeah. Of, of people have actually tried ChatGPT. So, so most people still hate really? chatbots. Yeah. Yeah, right? So, a- <laughs> so
1: most people still... I was, and I was it's at a all we party. talk about. I have a running gag on this podcast that regular listeners will know. I, I set a timer to see how long we make it into each right. podcast before someone brings up AI and ChatGPT. Yeah. And we can, we can be talking about... Like, yesterday Anything. we were talking about Bible translations and it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter right. of time
0: uh so like so i think that the important thing to realize is that like while while we live it um most people the vast majority of people haven't even tried it out yet so so chatbots are still i'm sure the really annoying thing that is your last resort for just being like get me to an assistant i don't know what you i don't care what you're asking me just get me to an assistant and get me to get me to someone, uh, get me to an agent, and get me someone to talk to. Right, um, just, it's equal. i pressing you're... zero over and over. Again <laughs> exactly, you, yeah. exactly. It. You're
2: you're talking to it from the the user perspective, but you know, from from somebody who's actually implemented them, like on websites and stuff like that. It's it's really useful to to the salespeople to get the the input. So getting the you know that tree menu or the annoying buttons that go across, it does help us figure out what's going on. And yes, obviously, when the human you know, then we're we're good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And because the chatbots are changing, right? It used to be a very programmatic like mm-hmm. decision tree that you had to go in and exactly. program. Yeah. And how is that changing now that? Well, let me let me go back to another quote here from from your article multilingual rapid advancements in artificial intelligence and natural language processing technically called large language models or llms now allows chatbots to understand context learn from past interactions and provide more human-like responses in every language i'm going to read that again Understand context, learn from past interactions, and provide more human-like responses in every language on the internet, including computer code, which allows them to actually do things that people at a computer can do, aka robotic process automation. The one chatbot right now that can do all this very well is ChatGPT. This doesn't make chatbots just chatbots anymore. It makes them robotic process automation applications with conversational UI, complete digital assistants, or DAs. You tell it what to do, and it does it, even if you don't know how to do it. That's a game changer. Unpack that for me, guys. Thanks
0: for- yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so, so like very recently, uh, uh, Brian and I were were like bringing this to, to, um, proof of concept, Um, you can, you can tell it to, uh, so for example, I suck at writing, uh, you can tell it, what do you need to know in order to write a first-class blog post or book and it'll, right. (laughs) And, uh, and it'll tell you everything it needs to know. And like a form, you just give it back all the information, and then it goes off and does it. Um, And uh, developers uh, use it, Brian, you and your team know better than I do, can use it to write code that they themselves might not be sure how to write.
2: I mean, it it renders it really, really, it's an efficient process, right? So if you're, you're having trouble or racking your brain on how to get around something, you just prompt it and you get back this code that you can whack into your you know your full set and then you can you can test it out i would say that most of the time it's it's pretty good i mean some some modifications of course but uh yeah it it speeds things up quite a bit
1: so and well i'm gonna you know go directly to your punchline at the end of the article i, I love how you finished the article it was like uh, I forget exactly the words and I don't have the quote pulled up, but it's like, and this entire article was written by chat GPT or was it <laughs> right? I'm going to put you on the spot. Like how, or did, and if so, how did you use chat P when writing the article in multilingual? And I see you in the comments there, Martin, I'm mm-hmm. going to put a link in the comments to the article so y'all can access it. Uh,
0: so, uh, I so the way me and Brian wrote this article, because Brian was very busy building the thing, so he's like, You do it, and I'll just <laughs> <laughs> I'll just well, I'll check it at the end. There you go. <laughs> I'll check it at the end and make sure uh, I'm comfortable putting my name on it. So, like um yep. so when I was uh, when I was writing it, my plan was to use Chat as much as mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave it examples from the economist, I gave it examples from yep. um I forgot where else. I think I actually used another multilingual article, um, and I said, "This is the style. This is what I'm going for," and it output garbage. Yeah. And and what I realized, what I realized is, mm-hmm. what makes it garbage was my preference, awesome. because like mm-hmm. if you if you really care about how your your writing that's going to have your name on it comes off, you really care that it is in your voice, mm-hmm. and it's difficult to prompt it to write in your style if you're not giving it your style right i give it the economist and i give some other stuff and um and i realized like the best i could do with this thing was for it to just tell me what what makes for a good article uh and then i just go back and forth with it mm-hmm. uh looking you know i'll ask it for synonyms i'll ask it for a, a rewrite applying a metaphor and then i have to edit that um uh truth be told the article wasn't Really written uh, by ChatGPT, but it did give me a lot of really good pointers on how to rewrite uh, a paragraph that I ended up having to rewrite. But how to make it better? Right. So, like the cheap wine analogy actually came from ChatGPT. Oh, I love it! Okay. <laughs> right. So, so that's that's basically what happened, and that's um, that's uh, that's that's just one of the million things that ChatGPT can do uh like you can code or prompt chat gpt to clean a file which Mm -hmm. is one of the main use cases that our platform gabby there's so many good
1: use cases like one of my favorite is because if i want want to type something in a foreign language and i my american fingers don't know how to type accents so i can copy it into chat gpt and say add the accents where they're supposed to go in this spanish absolutely there's so many different use cases and i you know i'll I'll plug my 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 i think we have a
0: button for that actually
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i have a um my article in the june issue of multilingual magazine came out uh remote work and global dispersion post-pandemic language industry perceptions and just to be fully transparent here because I think that's what it's about so that we can all learn from each other. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I have no shame in saying I use chat GPT to help write this article. Now, having said that it, I'm, I don't think it saved me any time. Right. What it did was it allowed me to kind of structure my thoughts and it was a research-based article. So Mm -hmm. I would feed it with a bunch of research like tables from Excel and, and whatnot. And I'd say, here's the research. Um, Here's the data. Can you please write me a section about, you know, and I broke it up into sections, and it would output crap, essentially, right. (laughs) But it got me started. And I was able to go in and turn that crap into good stuff. And whereas just sitting down in front of a blank piece of paper, I think can sometimes be Intimidating. Well,
2: it's, I think it's similar to, you know, when people use chat it's all about the prompting and how they enter all their information requests, right? Um, and same thing with Google, the way you search is going to influence what results you get. And there's people that just always get horrible results when they search versus, you know, right. there's other people that get exactly what they want right away. It's just about knowing the tool.
1: I, I used to pride myself on my Google search skills, right? Because that's a skill. I mean, it's just yeah, well, it like you said. But for the for the sake of the audience, uh, we've used this term several times. Um, prompt engineering. Well, I don't know if we've used technically that term, but we've talked about prompting. Um, mm-hmm. Who wants to tell us about prompt engineering? What is that?
2: I think Angular should talk about this because he, he, you know you're going to come up with something, and I know you're going to tell everybody about your wonderful course that you're coming up with. So please. please
1: oh right, right. Uh, so. Um, oh, so- I, I was going to use it to plug something from Nimsy too. So. Oh, we can we can both plug. You <laughs> okay, go first. Right. You go first.
0: All right. So 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 um, mm-hmm. so basically, so I was reading an, uh, a new, a newsletter article, AI newsletter article by Stefan Huey, I think, and uh, in yep. it he talks about. He talks about this idea of a global AI uh, and I read that and I was like, oh my God, that's that's actually what we're building. So I message him and uh, he gets really curious about it. And um, we come up, uh, well, we realize later, like what we're building, we, we, we now know technically how we're going to define it. It is a no code prompt engineering platform for language professionals. So it is a place you go to prompt your way through your job, basically. And um the uh, when when we started telling people about this and we started sharing it, like I remember we we launched it and uh, like people like like Nora Diaz, Martin Chamaro, they these are interpreters. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is amazing, like this saves me so much time and research. I can pull together like bilingual glossaries and and you go to these websites. Oh, right. (laughs) And I realized like, okay, so everybody here has got their own use case for prompting, Mm -hmm. but nobody knows how exactly to do it. And so I thought, okay, we're going to put together a prompt engineering course. What is prompt Mm -hmm. engineering? Prompt engineering is just, it's like doing a Google search, but you're prompting, right? So if Google is ChatGPT and a Google search is searching on Google, then prompt engineering is prompting Mm -hmm. ChatGPT. The thing is, uh, because ChatGPT is such a sophisticated technology, every token matters. Like every subword, every word you choose uh, gets you to a different output. Now mm-hmm. you can you can configure that slightly by minimizing the variability in in ChatGPT and stuff. Uh, but but just like googling was a skill, remember when there were Google hacks and you had to like you had to know things like putting things in quotes, yeah, uh, boolean, like... boolean operators, and yep. or same thing, same thing, um, but now you've got a way more sophisticated tool that can mm-hmm. do things for you, right? Like um, we're going to have a competition in a couple of in a few weeks called BYOB, Build Your Own Bot competition. So basically, you go to our site, you build a bot, and like we'll walk, we'll show you how to do it. It takes like ten seconds, but then the rest of the competition is fine-tuning the bot to make it your own personalized assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's deployed through our. Um, our, uh, pl- our, our, our um, Google Chrome yeah. extension. So you can just go and you can just use the bot and use it to the internet. Do it for
1: research. Do it for whatever you want. Is that the site here where we can? Register? It will yes. Be there, yes. Yes.
0: Yes. All right. That is. That'll be uh, basically it. So, so what you learn though is that unlike Google. So like Google has a website, google.com, and that's where you do your Google searches. OpenAI doesn't really have a website. They have a playground that you can go to and you can sort of diddle around with it. And that's how everybody is doing their prompting. But there isn't a proper platform to do your prompting to do the cool things that you can actually do with it. So like we just launched them a month or so ago. We have simple things on there. Like we have pre-saved prompts. You can make custom prompts, launch those prompts, upload a file, chat with a file. Apply prompts to a file. The next thing we're doing is is the is chatbot because that's that's an easy and powerful thing to do. Right. Um. And and through 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 tools like this, a quote unquote professional prompt engineer can do way more than just like write an article. You can start programming in English or human language a project manager bot, a you know a um quality control bot a translator assistant bot you can do like any any bot any person that you can think of that sits in front of a computer you can uh do that thing right so like for as many for as many use cases as there are of people sitting in front of a computer doing something on on a web browser that's Mm -hmm. how many use cases there are for for ChatGPT, right. and so just by providing a simple platform where people can use their creativity and make their own bot, put together prompts, mm-hmm. uh, sequence the prompts so that like the output of one prompt becomes the input of another prompt. That's you where it's solve. going to
2: be powerful, that, that's right? Great, this that's is where you get point.
0: this is where you get the really cool things like getting actual like you know how they talk about prompt. You know, ChatGPT hallucinates. Yeah, Right. so that's technically everything a, it does that's, a, is that's a nice word.
1: I say it's a dirty <laughs> damn liar is what I say.
0: Right, right. Now on the back end, all it's doing is taking in numbers and spitting out yes. numbers. So it technically yeah. has no idea what it's doing. But, um, mm-hmm. but one of the cool things you can do is once you start sort of sequencing prompts, you can start doing really cool things like running it through google searches summarizing the google searches and then reporting Mm -hmm. back the results and referencing the website so now it's no longer lying it's just summarizing what it does which is a very different thing um and also referencing where it got that from so that's a simple way where just by applying sequences of prompts you can get uh chat gpt to go from uh Bold-faced liar to uh, a proper researcher.
1: Yeah, I've I've learned to treat Chat, chat GPT like I treat. I used to teach this like cross-cultural communication course, mm-hmm. and I would say, in some cultures. It's um, it's really hard for people, or it's disrespectful to say no, like you don't know something. Mm-hmm. So you never mm-hmm. ask, like, do you understand the instructions? Because the answer will always be yes. In the meantime, they don't, they did not, right? Right. So the way that you do it is you say, "Can you please repeat back to me the instructions?" Right. And I treat ChatGPT like that, and I say, mm-hmm. "Okay, now rewrite this, but I want links to all of the places where you found this information." Right. And so then I can go verify the links
2: yep. but providing the sources
1: yep. i brought up on screen here i just registered for an account here at gabby t and for those of you, you. in the chat or joining us live i put a, a link it's gabby g-a-b-y hyphen t dot ai and is this where i register for the build a bot
2: so that's going to be something different so oh, something um, different. okay but so what, what is, is this you well, require this the so account um, this is the the actual workspace for the area where you're going to be able to upload a document manipulate it through the prompts um, and provide any additional um, instructions. For example, any comments or anything else. Sorry about the background noise. Um, so this is this is the main interface. I'd say where we actually inter- interact with Gabby.
0: Yeah, we're going p- have the competition. You're gonna need this tool, obviously, to build the bot and okay. and um, and all of that. The other half takes place on our Discord server. So if anyone in the audience uh, wants uh, access, just connect with us on LinkedIn. Message us. Uh, we'll we'll send you an invite link. Uh, but that's where the community is uh, going to be. that's where the uh, the competition is going to take place. And then of course, you'll be using uh, Gabby T to build your own bot and personalize it and and take it home with you.
2: Yeah, so it'll de- be deployed from Gabby T uh, which which you saw um, and you'll be able to use it wherever you go. It's going to be great.
1: Very cool. very cool. I, I if I don't sign up, then I'm going to highly encourage a bunch of people from NIMSI to sign up.
0: yeah they'll walk away with an assistant i can read
1: their notes (laughs) right um i want to talk about so we're talking about this hallucination and Mm -hmm. you know i call it damn dirty lying um whatever you want to call it but this obsession and this is you know a word that we hear a lot in the language services industry usually in terms of in the context of machine translation but human parody right Mm. and I kind of want to talk about this because you touch on it in your article. Let me see if I can bring something up here. Um, In the context of digital assistance, Hmm. and you say, and I'll I'll read it out loud for the benefit of our podcast listeners, Uh, sure, DAs, digital assistants, can't do everything perfectly yet, but neither can people. Plus, like a fine wine, it's explicitly designed almost guaranteed to improve over time. There are at least two new versions slated for this year. That's better than some people we may know. The rise of <laughs> DAs, I don't know this your cynicism, that's not Ch- 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 your cynicism leaks right through now. the page. Um, that's better than some people would. The rise of digital assistants will have a harsh hangover effect. God, I love the analogies. The rise of d- digital assistants will have a harsh hangover effect on the business world. Digital assistants will have become a valuable tool for businesses looking to mm-hmm. actually improve customer experience and even streamline internal operations. Now, I-, I bring this paragraph up on screen here because it kind of marks a, a shift in your tone throughout the article where you start off by calling it a cheap wine and calling it a necessary evil and talking about how much people hate it. And they hate dealing with chat bots, and they just want mm-hmm. to get to a human. And here you're making the claim that digital assistance will have become a valuable tool um, for businesses mm-hmm. actually looking to improve customer experience and streamline their internal mm-hmm. operations.
0: The, the amazing thing about Chat GPT is that uh, you can steer it. You can edit or modify or whatever term you want to use, it's persona. And you can give it your training manual, your sales manual, your sales training manual, your customer service manual. I'll it, anything. Yeah. It will read it and then it will behave like it. Uh, in the same way that it was trained on all the garbage of the internet, uh, you can post your, or, or attach your training material to it and it will start following it. That is a really big deal because now you can, without doing much work, because presumably you already have the documentation for your own team, mm-hmm. uh, you can start having the chat pot behave like a fellow member of the team. And of course it costs you. Not a salary.
1: Well, it costs that's one of the downsides I found. I've had really interesting conversations. Um, for those listening, go check out our past stuff. We did a really cool presentation with uh, Laszlo and Yurik from the Nimsy team. They gave a great summary on ChatGPT. Had a really fascinating conversation with Kirti Vashi. So mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. I've had this conversation several times, but it's an interesting conversation. And let's be honest, like you wait a week and it's going to be a different conversation, anyways, right? Um, but one of the things that, that I, I don't know if I like it or if I'm scared of it is this ability to learn over time. And it's a great thing because you can teach it, but it falls into that category of we're not really sure how it's learning. Right. And, you know, visions of the apocalypse, you know, fill in the blank come to mind. But for the language services industry, I think this is really, really interesting. What we, The reason I got on this rant was talking about the cost. You said it doesn't cost the same as a human. And I think mm-hmm. this is one of the areas where we're still seeing a lot of immaturity because the pricing structure, the cost structure is far from transparent, in my opinion on this, you know, you're buying tokens, but mm-hmm. what does a token equal It equals a character, but characters and tokens aren't created equal across different languages. So how, like you, and you're you're using this, you're there, you're presumably paying something for it. Like what have you guys seen in terms of the cost and pricing structure?
0: Just FYI, the price actually just went down recently. Oh, did it? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. And I mean, we, we have a significant amount of users using GABT at the moment, and I'd say that our our monthly th- throughput on 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 cost is not um, is not that that immense. So it's okay. it's yeah, it, it's very reasonable. Um, so I mean, I think that if we were using a straight MT engine, for example, it'd be more expensive.
0: Right. Okay. The, yeah. it's so you know it's it's actually really similar to. Um, You know, trying to put together a quote for translations. The the rate is different per language. The rate is different per match. You know, fuzzy match, perfect match, even 101, right? And so, like, it's technically as sophisticated. Like, you need a cat tool to figure it out, right? And in the same way, there's a tokenization library. Uh, that we can use to know what exactly a token is, and we map that to the rate that uh, OpenA is charging us. And we can see roughly um, you know, the cost per user per prompt per whatever. Um, and so the 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 pricing is mysterious in that it's not you, you can't just do it in your
1: head. Okay. Um, but, but technically but it's, it's, just figure, like it's, yeah, it's just like with the spreadsheet, you can figure it out.
0: Yeah, you'd have to know what your what what you have to know what the tokens are. But that's why you need a cat tool, right? Just like yeah. you need a cat tool, you need you're going to need another tool. Okay. And in fact,
2: in your head. So it's, in, uh,
0: in fact, we were talking yeah. about having a token counter as part of our as part of our tool. Mm-hmm. The problem is nobody knows what a token is yet, uh, so we can have it there, but it's only useful for me and Brian because we're the ones tracking the cost. But uh, but th- yeah, yeah. In, in the same sense, it's like a cat tool. You you need the cat tool to know what percentage of your content is matching and a fuzzy match and all that. So Got
1: it. Mm-hmm. makes sense. Makes sense. And that's a really good analogy because like how many people out there understand weighted word counts? Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm so exactly. I mean, I do, but I'm weird. <laughs> right. So we just need weirdos in our lives. Like you guys that actually can tell us what a token is. There
0: we go. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to do something clever. Like uh, maybe we'll have like a word token converter, like a real-time one or something, because
1: that's algorithmic. You can just, do that on the fly.
0: Yeah.
2: But you, you've also got, got this covered in your course too, right? So you talk about token
1: Yeah, algorithm. we even talk we, about you, token optimization. You yeah. keep talking about this course. Is there a landing page for that that I can um, plug? So,
0: so what I'm doing right now is I'm putting it together in pieces and uh, each month or each week I come up with a new module. Okay. Um, so I've, I've done two, I think the first one is just the basic concepts of it. Like it's what, <laughs> how, what, what is the training data? What's a context window? What's tokenization so that people understand like what's going on in the back end. but well, I don't get into anything technical. Okay. Um, because there's no point. And then this next part is like, you know, the prompt area, mm-hmm. like what's a system role query things like that but then it gets really interesting the important thing to know is that like conceptually prompting is is straightforward but the reality is that like because there is no google.com to properly prompt you need a tool you will need a tool to do proper prompting like Mm -hmm. like it's rare that if you want something out of chat gpt that you get it in one prompt right Right? you always have to refine it right so okay so how do you do this that that leads to anxiety
1: for me because like i've signed up for chat gpt but like with if you want to use gpt4 like you only get like 20 prompts in an hour so that leads to anxiety because i know it's going to take me multiple prompts to get the answer that i want and i haven't right out yet it's a false anxiety
0: but I mean, ultimately, like that's yeah. the big benefit of of our um, no code prompt engineering platform. You can you can save your prompts, reuse them. Uh, mm-hmm. You can fine tune the model so that it's maintaining consistency. And then there's techniques that we teach in our course on how to get it to not hallucinate or mm-hmm. how to minimize it and be able to detect it without having to do anything. So, for example, taking an average across multiple outputs is one way. Mm-hmm. well not taking an average but taking the commonality across multiple outputs is one way of getting a sense of which part of the output is actually fake and which is not another way is by implementing um a, a, an, an internet search and forcing it to reference where it's getting where right. it's getting its information because it doesn't hallucinate well I you shouldn't have to say, hold like, it accountable
2: basically right i mean i yeah. shouldn't say doesn't
0: but like when you're telling it to summarize something yeah the likelihood of it, some of a a hallucination, as far as I can tell, is like zero. Right. But if you're telling, if you're just straight out asking it a question and you're getting an answer, like who knows what it's, what, if it's saying is real or not. Right. But if you're telling it to summarize something that you just gave it, it's all it's doing is parsing it down into, Mm -hmm. into fewer word count. So uh, there are techniques for, for, uh, for cutting out the hallucination. There are techniques for, uh, you know, uh my gosh one of the cooler things is uh turning its output into a powerpoint slide or i've um, heard of people
1: doing that yeah right so VDA like i uh, haven't done it basically.
0: yet right so the course is going to teach all that stuff and mm-hmm. um and uh that that's part of the power like once you once you learn this stuff you can't unlearn it and all of a sudden you can't you can't live without it right once you start googling you get you? Uh, what are you gonna resist? I mean, it's, that's not, and, and don't
2: forget, it's not just PowerPoint. I mean, you can do it across all the the office, right. right? So there's all macros things you can do like that. It's, it's, it's really cool. Right. <laughs> but that's, We'll just geekify that. So it's uh...
1: we have a question here from Martin in chat. Uh, lots of lots of I'm watching the chat over there, guys, good chatter mm-hmm. going on. Uh, As regarding tokens based upon a token to word ratio, is there an estimation of how long can an input be to be effective? does it change depending upon the input language? Oh, so it's like they're like diminishing because you need to have a detailed input, right? That's clear and concise and that you have to have a good prompt, but you're based upon the length of that, you're getting charged tokens, right? So mm-hmm. is there a cutoff? Is there a equilibrium point? I guess is the answer.
2: So there is, yeah, there is a limit in terms of what you can submit at the moment with the uh, the models. Um, so, I mean, effectively, I think we've seen easily like 600 words goes through maybe a thousand. Once you get up above a thousand, it kind of depends, mm-hmm. um, if it's going to choke or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, normally the, I would say that the, what we're putting through in terms of prompts, uh, is allowed, I think 248, uh, 2048, pro, uh, tokens, uh, it's equivalent to like a thousand some odd words.
0: Yeah, seventy-five percent is roughly the uh, yeah. the conversion rate. So that's a little bit more clear. Thank you. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> Someone said a thousand tokens is almost seven hundred and fifty words per opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will the, uh, nod my head and pretend I know what they're talking about. Yes, the, yes. The, Good point, Islam. Good point.
0: The, the The important part is is how much uh, really like what matters is the context. So like not mm. literally the question or instruction, but the context that you want, the additional information that you want to provide it yes. in order for it to give you the output it wants. So for example, from a translation point of view, you would want translation memory to be part of the context. That way when it does the translation and when you provide the trans, the the source content, uh having the the, the source content be translated translated with the translation memory in mind is what matters. But yeah. Translation memory takes up tokens. Every it, it output takes up tokens, and that whole context window of yeah. two thousand forty-eight uh, is is the current limit. That limit goes can, to sixteen thousand, starting like Friday 27th, or something. But
2: yeah, on the twenty-seventh and next I mean, week. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you can also compress uh, text to different types of, uh, you know, let's say computer language, so that it understands, and you can actually put more information in, so you can get more. You can ban.
0: even yeah. use emojis as yes. a way of, of mm-hmm. compressing. Uh, compressing content while main, to minimize tokens, but while maintaining the the the, uh, the meaning. It's amazing.
1: I it's like a zip file. I <laughs> don't even understand emojis half the time. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's a crazy what thing. What do they like, mean me... by this? <laughs> Winky face? Are they flirting with me? <laughs> like, all right. Um I saw one more in chat here. Uh, Martin says thank you. You're welcome, Martin. Uh, Islam says another power cross-prompting GPT to generate prompts for mid-journey is amazing. Mm. And I wanted to read yeah. that because I want you guys to explain to me what the heck he's talking about.
0: Well, we actually used to do this our, with our social media posts on LinkedIn. So, like, um, mid-journey is another LLM okay? where you say something like, um, create a dashboard that's futuristic in the colors of red, white, and blue, and, um, and hit enter, and it'll create, like, a dashboard. And depending on whether you said data dashboard or car dashboard or no dashboard, it'll create that thing. Okay. So what you can do is you can tell chat GPT to write you a prompt for mid journey. And so you can say mm-hmm. like to chat GPT, um, I'm doing a blog post and I need a, a banner picture that's a, that's related to this text. Can you create a prompt for mid journey that um, relates to what I'm writing. And then the output would be, you know, if if I'm writing a blog post about cats, it'll be like, do cats with, and then it'll take keywords from the, the blog article about being furry and whatever. And it'll, you will start writing the article. And then if it's, you know, photorealistic or not, it'll Mm -hmm. do that too. And then you just copy paste that into mid journey and then mid journey will produce its output. So that's how you use it, and you and you can do much I, more too. Like I just there's LM
1: journey was, and I, I I do know though I listened to it's just a text of the image. Okay, yeah, I watched this uh, podcast with Mario Line from Multilingual, mm-hmm. and she was on the oh, I forget the name of the podcast, but Scott Abel's podcast, the Content Wrangler. Yeah,
0: Content yep. Wrangler. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forget the name of this
1: podcast. I'd like to plug it, but maybe someone in chat can can drop that. And they were talking about using AI for image generation. And Mm -hmm. multilingual, like if you open up, this is the image associated with your article here. Like we've been fully taking advantage of this over at multilingual. And I remember Mario line's point was the same as like what I was saying about the Mm -hmm. content, creating content is it's not saving time necessarily. Right. Because there's still work that goes into like the prompting and getting Mm -hmm. the right, getting the good images and all that stuff. But I mean, it's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And p- previously, the only way to get these cool images would be to commission artists to do it and spend yep. a ton of money. And sorry to the struggling artists out there who um, – but I, I would say those artists that are afraid of, like, losing their jobs, I would say not necessarily because much like with M- machine translation my argument is always machine translation isn't replacing translators. It's translating the stuff that normally there wouldn't be budget for, right? And it's not like without Chat GPT, multilingual would be out commissioning this type of stuff. You know, trust me, it's not in the budget. But now that there is uh, an option for it, it's, it's just really cool. It's, it is so
2: cool. And I think that that's a good segue into Angelo's acronym or the new acronym that he keeps wanting to push.
1: Okay.
0: Oh, MTPE is the new MTPE, that one. Yes, yeah. Or
1: oh, chat GPT is the new MTPE? No, MTPE,
0: Machine Translation Prompt Engineering is the new machine translation cool. post-editing. <laughs>
1: uh, talk to well, talk, Elaborate please. Mm -hmm. Because I Uh, I don't disagree. Well, I mean, before, well, before,
0: before there were cat tools, there was right. Just typing and then came the cat tool and then, and it was the same thing. Nobody wanted to use it. It's going to steal the translator's job. And then NMT came out and nobody wanted to use that. It's going to steal the translator's job. And now, uh, you know, ChatGPT and whatever come out, LLMs come out and people are thinking, in fact, if you, if you read the post, I didn't go to Lockworld, but if you read the post about Lockworld, people are just like, ah, success, end game. We have uh, <laughs> we have we have human level machine translation. And it's yeah. really just really another Follow phase. The loops. Like,
2: yeah.
0: It's really just another phase. Uh, yeah. it, it's whoever is using these tools are the ones that are going to be able to output more yeah. and whatnot. What I would say though is there's a there's an adjacent conversation. Everyone keeps lowering their rates and then complaining that yeah. they're agreeing to the lower rates. Uh, and I and I don't mean that that came off bad. Uh, what I want to say is like, uh, only, only agree to the rates of what you're worth and don't charge a penny less, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, use this technology to output more and faster and yeah. better and make more money. Don't use the technology to, to, uh, output faster, but then have to work more yeah. in order to, That's to uh, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that doesn't help that doesn't help anybody right yeah. uh so anyway
1: really quickly thank you erica um the podcast i was referring to is coffee and content with the content Rank mm. scott abel yep so go check that out it's a great podcast um all right
0: they were the ones that turned me into turned me on to did files okay years ago yeah, yeah. Nice. nice
1: yeah they've been around for for, for a while um I think we're, we're coming up on time here, but I wanted to, to bring us home here. One of your closing arguments here. I'll just read it. Uh, talking about the changing role of humans, which is just what we were talking about. There are many times that technology has shook the foundations of a particular industry for better and sometimes for worse. But one thing is certain. It has always provided new opportunities for advancement, revenue, and learning for those who embraced it as early adopters. Maybe we need to adapt as automation technology marches forward we will be relegated to hiding behind the chatbot hoping not to be on the receiving end of an irate customer wanting us wanting us the next available agent referring of course back to what we were talking about in the beginning which is you know the, the person who's irritated with the phone pressing zero right. just trying to talk to somebody <laughs> right talk to me about this and you also said like the you know the tone about the new technology coming out of the general you know the this the usual suspects, the industry mm-hmm. gossip tanks, and the localization worlds, um, versus your take on it, because um, I've heard a, a lot of different takes. What what's your take on it? Doom and gloom or sunshine roses and unicorns? Oh,
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> Admi- admittedly, I wasn't at the conference, so I was reading. I was so Constantine. Yeah, Costia
1: Cast- always does those great. Fantastic yep. conference
0: coverage, right? Uh, which which would normally cost a lot of money uh, in other industries. The guy just posts
1: <laughs> all the goods. Kashi, Kashi is losing money for Localization <laughs> World. They should they should send someone after him.
0: You have a good point, but but it's super. Thank you, Constantine. Um. Yeah. So he so he's reporting on how like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, LSPs are patting their back, saying that they can do uh human, human no human in the loop human level machine translation, it's end game. Like we don't need translators anymore, celebration. And, um, and I read that and I was like, that doesn't sound right. And of course I, we, we wrote an article saying the opposite. And um, I I immediately saw a post by Anna Marjanovic who, is, uh, who owns an mm-hmm. LSB and she said the obvious thing, which is like, excuse me, but if there are no translators in the loop then there are no translation companies. And that got me thinking, uh, okay, so what are the like? What are the value adds of an LSP brings to mind? And Tucker, mm-hmm. you and Renato wrote the book on this, right? Uh, in your book, uh, the theory of the translation company, you say that there's like three core functions that an LSP brings to the table, right? right. One is
1: project uh, management, vendor management. Project management, vendor
0: management, and sales. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's ignore sales for a second because everything requires. Most of sales. us do
1: in this industry. Right.
0: So, vendor management. Obviously, if you mm-hmm. don't have vendors, if you don't have linguists, that role reduces significantly, if not completely. Project management. Project managers do a lot, a lot. Um, and in fact, uh, I work. Uh, I've been collaborating a lot with um, a localization manager Boriana. Uh, I'm gonna nail ruin her last name, um, Boriana Nanova, um, and she brings up a lot of really good use cases for our platform that are completely unrelated to managing vendors. But a big chunk Mm -hmm. of what project management is, is just making sure that things deliver on time, having to deal with whatever questions Mm -hmm. and issues the translators have, having to deal with that, whatever that is, right? And there's a bunch of stuff left. But if you're not dealing with vendors, the role of project management, I think, would dwindles down a lot to file processing mm-hmm. of some kind sure. and general right. level project exception level management, QA. Essentially, yep. yeah. right. it's exception yes. management. Because most of right. it would be automated. Yeah. So what's an LSP doing? If you don't have the vendor management, you don't have the project no, management, you're just selling, you're good. reselling, in this case, ChatGPT. You're the middle Um man. But well, that's the, that's the sales t-
1: core function, which, I mean, the sales right. core function gets into account management and relationship mm-hmm. management and trust building. Yep. And yeah, it's uh, one, one of my things that I say, and I think I probably say it in the book, is at the end of the day, the client wants a throat to choke. And you Liability. can't yep. choke. Yes. Right? They want a shoulder to cry on and a throat to choke, right? Depending upon the situation. And you can't yep. choke a machine. Right. Or right. can you cry on mm-hmm. its shoulders. So when the machine right. screws up, whose throat are they gonna choke?
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So like the the thing that we say is that ultimately what clients want is a translation they don't necessarily want the translator but if something goes wrong you need someone to talk to right Right. and unless the lsp is willing to put themselves on the line for chat gpt's output or whatever actually what's happening is it's the translator that's going to still maintain the value because they're the ones who are happy to say yep this is right or something right and uh you know as long as business risk is on the line as long as sales is on the line uh contracts that, healthcare
2: all these translations they're not going to, allow to go through just uh, an automated process
0: right so unavoidably the translator is in the mm-hmm. loop or um there's oh my gosh there's a translator that 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 I, that I liked how she said it um her name is deborah
1: you're just all uh, about the name dropping today oh just, yeah by, by the way like, there's a Bori, whole bunch Bori, yeah. deborah carrie Del carmo deborah Carey. She,
0: Harry DeCarmo she's Dukarma. got a cool hashtag machine in the loop.
1: Machine in the oh, uh, loop. Like
0: inferring that. the opposite, right? You're yeah, not getting rid of I the like human. That. Yeah. you're not getting rid of the human.
1: The human chooses
0: mm-hmm. their tools and what to do. Yep. And at the end of the story that's what we agree with. Like you can't get rid of the translator. If you're doing translations, you can't get rid of the translator. If the buyer wants machine translation, they'll just go to Google Translate or they'll just go to mm-hmm. OpenAI, OpenAI, ChatGPT whatever. Yeah. And they'll get it. And if they want it with data secure, then they'll just pay for the API because that's that's the deal. You pay for chat GPT, you get data mm-hmm. security. They don't use the data to train your model, right. um, and so, like as an LSP, what are you selling? Uh, so the we're on the we're of the belief that uh, you can't get rid of the translator for as long as people want translations, yep. because like you, you, you can say, you automate the
2: process <laughs> to a certain degree, but you're gonna you're gonna need them somewhere. Here, here. In that
0: yeah, right. the buyer needs someone to talk to for whatever reason right mm-hmm. client feedback says not so sure and then the translator says well actually you know this is how and, they normally say this and, and how and many so people was...
2: actually understand the languages they're being delivered i mean they, they right buyers,
0: right the buyer can't okay, it's very bad that the buyer can't tell the difference between machine translation and professional yes. translation um oh, uh, you when... know
1: that's just the ongoing joke is if it's bad <laughs> then it's machine translation yeah okay okay, if they mm -hmm. can read it every every time every time there's a bad translation it sounds like it's machine translated
2: somebody's uncle's cousin's brother's (laughs) The the janitor
0: reviewing the deliverable exactly yeah (laughs) so so ultimately you need the translator uh so it's uh it i i don't think it it doesn't look good if an lsp is saying we're happy to 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 keep the human out of the loop i think that makes sense only
1: if that's what the buyer wants there's gonna be a a market But
0: yeah, yeah. there's certainly a market for machine translation. Well, and Um,
1: we're like I said, it's an ongoing discussion in our industry right now. Even even right now, someone in LinkedIn saying there was a conversation with Nick McMahon over at United Language Group, and he mm -hmm. seems to go in the direction of translator out of the loop. Right. So you're going to be hearing, you know, there's heroes and villains on both sides. Right. Right.
0: I mean, right. The the client technically isn't asking for a translator. They're asking for a translation. Right. mm -hmm. Right. And, and the quality that that translation has to be delivered at is d- dependent for, on their the client, at, the they're asking for learn.
1: a solution to their problem. When yep, their problem exactly. is how do I communicate with my international customers? So I mean, we can take your, you know, they're asking for a translation. Let's take that one step further. No, they're not asking for a translation. They're asking mm-hmm. for the ability to communicate with their international customers. Right? Right. And,
0: and that could be an, an, a yeah. bilingual chat bot. That could it be could a be. bilingual chat bot. It could be a machine translation. Or, you know, if they want to make sure they're getting their money's worth, just hire a person because the return on investment for a translation is like 4,000% or whatever.
1: Right. Right. Well, guys, I'm watching the clock here. We're running out of time. Boriana says hi. She's stalking you in the oh, chat. This one's so hi, She was listening. Um, any f- closing thoughts before I start wrapping it up here today, gentlemen? Wow. Um, I just or want to plug. Wh- where can we find you? Plug, plug, everything. All right, all right.
0: So, our platform is a no code prompt engineering platform for language professionals, Gabby T.AI. Go there, if you wanna join our Discord server, uh, connect with me or Brian, we will send you an invite. We have uh, coming up in a few weeks, uh, build your own bot competition, no technical expertise required. We will teach you how to build a bot in five minutes or less. And after that, the competition is just to fine tune the bot through prompting, so you will walk away with your very own personalized uh, digital assistant that you can just keep and use. Um, and uh, traverse the internet and do whatever you want, help you with translations, help you with project management, help you with interpreting research, whatever you want. And uh, we're going to have fun. We're going to do that a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, stay tuned for more. There's a lot of exciting stuff.
2: That's, that's completely good. awesome. Yeah, and I, I, would just, Brian? Um, I mean, I, I agree. I just think <laughs> that people should really leverage you know, the technology that's coming out because I think right now we're in an advent of something going way up in terms of a dramatic rise in terms of usage. Um, so, I mean, I would get on that wave and ride it because it's, it's not going, it's not going to go away.
0: Translators are the ideal prompt Mm -hmm. engineers. If English is code, then multilingual people are objectively superior
1: prompters. I like that. Translators are the ideal prompt engineers. I think that's a a good tag to end on. I'll take us out. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome back. Thank you for the invite. And yeah, I'll take us out. Ladies, gentlemen, chat, we are out of time for today. If you enjoyed this NIMSY Live experience, make sure that you are following us on LinkedIn so you will be notified when we host new oh, events. No. Oh yes. no. I, I'm gonna mute you guys there. No, I won't meet you guys. Um, I appreciate our guests, Angelo and Brian, today. I appreciate all my colleagues here at Nimsi Insights doing all the hard work so I can have these fun conversations. I appreciate everybody in our industry who fills out Nimsi surveys and schedules briefings with our analysts to share their expertise with the industry. And finally, I appreciate you, the audience, who are joining us live today. All of the dialogue and chat, everyone with questions, comments, and criticisms. And with that, cheers. Have a great day.